right. Welcome back into the Plank Show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. I got a got a lot of audio for this show today that we'll get to the bottom of this hour. I went back and listened to a little Chris Kleiman last night. Well, one thing that Chris Kleiman has been pretty dead set on they want they want they want Adrian Martinez to be more aggressive. They really do, and I don't know if that's a bad thing for the Sooners on Saturday because Teddy said something funny the other day. It's like, does this team even have corners? Right, because I just feel like the pass rush has been so good and the corners, when they've been called upon, have made plays. It's like we're not calling their name, right? If, how many times do you remember hearing Woody Washington or DJ Graham or even Jaden Davis's name got called when he had a BS pass interference call against him? But the corners have been so good. But have they really been tested? So I think that against a guy like Adrian Martinez, I would welcome that kind of challenge, right? In looking ahead to a team the following week when you go to Fort Worth, I feel like, oh, dude, you want to talk about an unknown right now. Josh, what do we know about TCU? They played two games against a terrible Colorado team, and they played Tarleton State, and then they had a bye week. And now Saturday they play SMU. I mean, what what do we possibly know about this team right now? We know what Garrett Riley's offense might look like under Sonny Dykes, but, you know, we assume they'll be able to throw the ball a little bit more. We've seen Max Duggan. Chandler Morris won't be back. So I, I kind of want to see these corners tested before Quinn Ewers in Texas. And, yeah, I expect Quinn Ewers to play against OU in three weeks. I think what we know about TCU is that Quentin Johnson is a monster. <laughs> and that he hasn't been able to get going because – so far, they really haven't used him. They he, he played two series against Tarleton State, two, and then against Colorado, they ran the football. So, just thinking ahead for Oklahoma a little bit, but we'll we'll dive into what Chris Kleiman had to say here in a bit. So, before we get into Thursday thoughts and things that maybe have kind of, we'll go the handful of things that concern me and a handful of things that we're over the top excited about. So that way, I can still be my glass half full positive guy, but. Tyson in Stigler asks a question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line that Josh Helmer informed me has been a very hot topic that I am just has flown over my head. Tyson writes, this is totally irrelevant, but I'm a uniform guy and want to know if there is any truth to the new alternate unis debuting on Saturday night. Josh, you say this has been a major topic. It has been. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people bring this up that they think maybe anthracites, maybe alternates this week. What say you, Plank? Is this happening? You have the inside track on this. You can share with the people. It sucks because one of my best buds is uh, is in the equipment room, but I'm not going to bug him about it, <laughs> nor would he tell me. I Every sport has an anthracite uniform. Now, I, but, well, you know, I say that. I think baseball does. But – Men's and women's basketball does. Softball does. In fact, some I mean, the girls love, the women love the anthracite uniforms, and Oklahoma wears them quite a bit for softball. So I would think, you know, Ohio State came out and said they're wearing black 
but Ohio State has worn black before, and I know that this is this is always a very hot topic, Josh, amongst the Sooner Nation about wearing the alternate uniforms that are a wee bit different than say the um, bring the woods than say just the the bring in the wood. And unfortunately, I think we've had bad luck with the bring in the wood unis against Kansas State, but I digress. I I hate to be this guy. But I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I I would love it. I bet it would look cool. You've got really sharp people within that, you know, design slash creative process for OU football. But I don't know. I how about this? I've heard nothing of it. And you would think that if it was anything different that Uniform tracker on Twitter would be all over it, or there would be a Mark Desher is a uniform nerd, and he's usually our guy at OU Photo Guy is usually our guy that has all the uni information. But I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything. Where did these start? Was there a mock up somewhere that someone saw? Like, let me give you a for instance when you go into the Sooner facilities, there's two. mannequins that have uniforms on them. And I've never seen an anthracite uniform on either one of those mannequins. But it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if it's if it's something that we've seen before. I mean, we've seen the chopping wood a lot against, with the wood grain stuff, we've seen that a lot about this time. I feel like at home against Kansas State, they wear it, and I feel like on the road against West Virginia. But I think those secrets with everyone, I mean, there's an ESP. I, I hadn't had a chance to watch. Thanks for sending me the ESPN Plus thing. I completely forgot about the OU DNA documentary that's being done. That was pretty cool. A lot of history. Brent Venables went through a lot of history of Nebraska whenever the suitors were getting ready last week. But I would think, my opinion, Josh, with social media the way it is and with you know how they how they've kind of been a little bit more open on some of those things i would think that we would have known by now if it's something completely different than what we've seen before you do you think but it I've would have leaked out by lot. now um yeah or oklahoma just would have shared I think it? it would i would think but i'm here for it i would love to see it I think it'd look awesome. Um, I'm all. I mean, listen. I'm a fan that wouldn't mind seeing black jerseys at some point. I think that's really cool. Georgia's done it. Ohio State's done it. But you know, unless unless there's something out there, I haven't even seen like a mock-up for anything different than just the the wood chopping. And maybe there's you know, there's a lot of different people that report and cover this team. So there are a lot of people that have different sources and. Share different places. But, yeah, I don't know. Here's something pretty cool. Sooner Tracker is, you know, the spot on Twitter to go get some gear and uniform news and this and that. So, obviously, the uh, Selman statue is is getting unveiled. And they had uh, this mock-up, which is just basically Selman-era uniform throwback. It's pretty cool looking. Those are still... If we want to get into a uniform discussion, I'm I'm trying to debut a new bit today, but that's fine. This is more fun. No, I apologize. The Jason White unis 
that they wore, I think, was it against, like, North Texas? Those were the best throwbacks they had. I think Teddy. I think that was Teddy's senior season. But it would be kind of cool to have some throwbacks in honor of the in honor of the Selman statue being unveiled this weekend. That'd be pretty cool to go back and wear something similar to that. So what's – I can't – I hate TweetDeck. Whenever I'm on TweetDeck, it makes me so mad. I can never search anything how I, I want to. So Uniform Tracker has a, a mock-up. Is that what you said? For the – yes. Uh, Sooner yeah. Tracker does for the Selman brothers. All right, let me look here. It's, I, I don't, it's pretty I don't cool. you got to scroll down just a smidge. So, yeah, and usually they'd be all over it. I actually am a firm believer that the Sooner Tracker website is is worn by somebody that know, is run by somebody that knows. Um, it's got to uh, be right. They're, they're always they're always on top of this sort of stuff. That would be so cool. They kind of look like Indiana or Ohio State uniforms, but I don't care. Those would be awesome for a one-off. I mean, that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, the Jordan brand logo. I mean, yeah, they look they look nice. Pretty nice. All right, so I again, very very good question. There's nothing wrong with being a uniform nerd, but I love it. yeah. Look, four hundred five. He's right. That's right, Plank. North Texas two thousand and three is correct. Those were my personal favorite uniforms that they wore. I I love white helmet was was tight. Had the crimson stripe. With the striping on the sleeves. Oh, give me. Let's go. Oh, you, you want to know something I learned yesterday? Speaking of alternate uniforms. What did you learn? Complete right turn here real quick, but just we're in an alternate uniform conversation. Do you know why Iowa State wears black uniforms? No. Why? Because Matt Campbell is a huge Raiders fan. <laughs> oh, really? And so that was something yeah. that he said. We're, we're Whenever into the arsenal. Exactly. Whenever he came to Ames, and if you track the history of the black jerseys, he said, hey, let's let's get some alternate looks going. Um, I've always been a fan of the silver and black. Can we kind of implement that into the mix? And sure enough, and remember, I think the only time they, they lost one of the black uniforms were against Oklahoma. Right? They've been really good in those unis. So, Another yeah. good reason to dislike Matt Campbell, ladies and gentlemen. What? How dare you hold that <laughs> I, against him? I'm just kidding. Uh, what What does 405 Bison say here? <laughs> That's funny. The ones they wore against Oregon. I don't remember that. Here's one. I think we should get rid of the bring the wood or rough rider alternates. I mean, I'm okay with these one time a year, Max. This honors teams of Sooners past. Don't compromise your brand with some stupid clown suits you don't have to. I don't remember. Is that a mock-up that he sent us? I don't remember Landry wearing an all-white like that. Did I completely miss that game? Boy, Teddy in that uniform looks good. That's against North Texas. Yeah, that is sweet. Good pick. That is cool looking. Uh, the softball anthracites were too clean. I imagine the football version would be equally clean from the 405. Have you guys seen the blackout unis that OS, o- Ohio State is wearing this weekend versus Wisconsin? Yeah, uh, I have, and I like them a lot. And then Kendall writes, black's not the school colors. Heck no on black uniforms. By the way, Kendall, I will say, you're, 
idea is in line with a lot of the ways that many in uh, administration think. So there's that. It is in line with how many feel in the front office of University of Oklahoma Athletics. Boo. But, boo. Boo this man. <laughs> we want black uniforms. To go, to go full circle, I have not heard anything about anthracite uniforms, and if they have them, um, I'm here for it. It'd be awesome. Really, and I would get, also encourage you. So, Go ahead. No, my, my bad. Just get more creative than bring the woods. If we're doing alternates, I mean, come on. Let's mix it up here now. Though I would encourage everyone. It's a really good follow on Twitter. Uh, if you are a uniform nerd, uh, at Sooner Tracker. He is, she is, they are, we are. Uh, unlimited resource for just random notes about uniforms and then they he keeps she they keep stats on every sports record in certain uniforms it's like amazing all right let's break i don't want to get too far off kilter here and when we come back let's get our thursday thoughts out in other words we find some things that are concerning to us and things that we assume will get better and then we'll dive into some things that, well, you know, are pretty good right now, but may continue to improve. That's next right here on The Ref. Boy, you guys love you some uniform talk. I do, too. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm a fan of an NFL team that never wears alternates, so it's kind of hard, right? We, we have Color Rush, which happens once a year. So I don't I don't get that coolness of different uniforms. Um, same with Oklahoma. So I'll play this is a good point off uh, from Ryan. We use fourteen and three in the Rough Riders. Don't fear the alternates. But hey, that's three losses. And if there's something yeah. we can pin it on, Ryan, I, I didn't, it's it's the alternates. I didn't hear seventeen and zero. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then what's the record when they wear the other uniforms, Ryan? <laughs> Uh, I don't know anything. I'm just going to plead ignorance. How's that? But I always feel like we get a bit of a heads up on like a Thursday afternoon or a Friday whenever there's alternates coming. Don't you? I mean, am I wrong? It, it feels like it, yeah. I mean, it feels like we, yeah. we would have known by now. I mean, at the very latest, early tomorrow morning? Maybe. Maybe. Especially if it's a maybe. black alternate, maybe wait until might wait until like <laughs> you know the day of. I don't know. <laughs> Shut it, Kindle. We want all black alternates, and Plank, you just need to like a better team. <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I did. I mean, I haven't. I haven't told my story about Sunday night. At some point, we will. But I, I can't quit them, man. And I've tried. I have tried so hard to quit the Raiders, and it's just not happening. If it wasn't going to happen during the Charlie Fry, Chaz Schillens, Jamarcus Russell, who else did I pin my hopes on? Aaron Brooks. If it didn't happen during that era, not going to happen. I mean, I tell JP's probably tired of me telling him this, but JP Lossman, he was my hope. I'm like, JP Lossman. There we go. Get a quarterback in here. Needed a second opportunity, and we're good to go. And then, lo and behold, he gets hurt, like, on his first throw. Boo. Anyway, alternate uniforms, we'll see. Dodger playing one more, then we'll move on.
I do not like the alternate uniforms. I don't think Alabama wears them, and look where they are every year. Plus, they have the best helmets, number only on the sides. Uh, <laughs> I really thought Sooner Tracker was an unofficial account secretly run by the athletic department because it's so thorough. I feel the same way. I really do. I really do. It was, who was, what was the website before it was Land Thieves? That was, or was it Land Thieves? That got real, and uh, and then they had, everyone kind of got mad at each other, and they broke up, and they split off into a couple of different into things. dirt burglars, and. Right, right, right. I think it was Land Thieves, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, D- Dusty came up to me one time, he's like, is that you? Are you that side? Are you running? I'm like, what he goes they know too much something's going on over there they know too much but that's kind of how i feel about uniform tracker they got it in somewhere they got somebody whether it's a mole or if they're you know on the inside they they know something there you go well one of the afternoon guys on your station yesterday probably parker could neither confirm nor deny that there would be new alternate uniforms this weekend Well, how about this? I can neither confirm nor deny. Take that, Parker. How's that for reporting? Can neither confirm nor deny. Just saying. I can neither confirm nor <laughs> deny that the only alternate we need is a white helmet for road games. Hashtag Stormtrooper. <laughs> all right, let's get to it. We can do this all. Kim coming, 405-651-3439. All right. Concerns. I mentioned this earlier, all right? Thursday thoughts. Things I'm concerned about. Thursday things I'm concerned about. Zach Schmidt. Should I be, Josh? I mean, again, this is a little bit unfair very early in the season. But it's always been something that recently we haven't had to worry about quite a bit, right? Gabe Burkich was pretty salty. Austin Seibert was pretty salty uh, as a kicker. And let's be honest Everything seems to be going really well on the special team side of things. And he is, you know, two for three in his field goal attempt so far this season. So it's not like he's gone out there and missed multiple field goals. But that miss was from, what, like 33 yards out? And that's his longest attempt of the season. So fair or unfair? to put him in my list of things that concern me. No, I no think offense, it's Zach. I think it's fair. I mean, a 39-yarder is you know, I mean, it's a reasonable range field goal. You know, anything longer than 45 yards kind of gets to that distance to where it's okay. Bonus if they can you have a field goal kicker. You, you want them to make all these kicks, right? But at the college right. level, if you got a, a kicker that's hidden from 45 out, that's kind of the range where you start feeling like bonus territory a little bit. But uh, anything 45 and in, you need somebody that can be consistent in that regard. You've missed one. So, yeah, I think that's fair to be a little bit concerned. Um, I, I get it. It's, it's really digging, right? I mean, you're talking about special teams that I, I feel like through three games, we all agree have been infinitely better for you know Oklahoma, at least in the return games, than they have been before. And maybe the, the proper term would be, They've been more active in the return game than they are before. But yeah, I don't I don't know, Josh. I don't 
there's, I mean, I think he's fine, good kick. I watch him in warm-ups all the time. Kid's got a leg. But when you consider your longest attempt so far this season, you, you missed it, right? That's a ve- very minimal, but a Thursday thing that concerned me. Uh, you know, I'm going to counter this. Thursday things that I'm not overly concerned about after looking back. I'm not as worried about some of the accuracy issues that our man Dylan Gabriel had on Saturday. And we talked about this on Monday because I went back and really watched the game. Um, you, you could the, – the missed screen pass is one that everyone's like, oh, my gosh, it was wide open. He would have had a touchdown. He also had a dude right in his face. Mm-hmm. And that's part of throwing a screen, right? That's, that's usually you got to work around that, and you're going to have a defender bearing down on you. Yeah, it's designed but, that way for the defense to roll right. through that way. I mean, that, <laughs> right. that is the – Design of the screen pass. That's right. Correct. So I, I know that it's been talked about quite a bit, but I think after listening to Dylan, talking to him in the post game, and then seeing kind of the reaction on Tuesday night, I'm not as overly concerned. That didn't make my list because I, I think he's going to take more deep shots. I think he likes taking more deep shots, and I think they're going to be there for Oklahoma. I think that's what started open up Nebraska a little bit. Was and these were more quick slants, right? In his big run, but that's not on my list of concerns. Should it be? Um, yeah, I I, I think a little bit. Yes, there were some there were some throws that were missed for me. Sure. Now, look, he he made some other pretty amazing throws as well. And he, what did he finish? Sixteen of twenty seven passing. Is is that the right number? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. Yep. It's not like it was dreadful or anything. I mean, that's what basically sixty six percent or so, or you know, which is what he's hit, which is what his uh, percentage is on the season. I mean, that's a that's a really good percentage number. If you're hitting anywhere, I I, I mean, don't you think sixty five percent and up is pretty good in the completion percentage department? Absolutely. I know that any more in football, you kind of have quite a few of the built in easy throws, you know, underneath to the running back, whatever, you know, little wide receiver, uh, you know, tunnel screen, whatever it is, some easy throws that, you know, ratchet that completion percentage up. But still, 65% and up, if you're hitting there, that's pretty good. But some of the some of the deeper, you know, medium range to deep shots that were there that were missed, I think you have to keep an eye on. I'm not saying I'm wildly concerned about it, but it did grab me from the Nebraska game, and I, I'm not going to just totally shake it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Thursday thoughts. Do we know anything about these corners yet? Right? I mean, it's it's exciting because I feel like when they're called upon, they've made plays. But, you know, Jaden Davis, Woody Washington, DJ Graham, between those three, there's only been one, one PBU. And the interceptions – or I guess maybe more specifically that the three interceptions have come from, you know, Gentry Williams, Key Lawrence, and Justin Harrington. So I guess it's more of a question than it is like this concern, but we feel, right, the corners are playing better. There's that awesome video that Carla Murray had that I retweeted of Brent Venables coaching up Jaden Davis. But, you know, what, what do we really know? Right, I mean, they they seem to have a good attitude. Uh, I learned from the ESPN Plus show that DJ Graham, big movie buff, 
a lot of movie posters, superhero guy. But I don't know. Can we put a – as part of a whole of, of the defense, they're playing better, right? But is there still kind of a, a TBD to see what it's going to look like when they're really challenged? Well, and you're not too far away from – Obviously, as we've discussed with TCU, Quentin Johnston will be a big-time challenge. Xavier Worthy, we saw, I mean, first play, boom, off to the races last year. So those challenges are on deck. They're right around the corner. Maybe Malik Knowles, right? Maybe maybe Malik Knowles from Kansas State this Saturday is somebody that you look at and say, okay, if you can shut him down now. The ancillary parts around him, you know, kind of makes it to where I feel like you can scheme it up pretty well to where you sort of take him out of the equation, which is one of the big problems I think Kansas State is facing offensively. But, no, I, I think it's fair to say that you want to see okay. more of that regard. Now, Oklahoma plank has been so good in the tackles for loss department. <laughs> yes. That – and, you know, if that's going to be the case for OU all season long, then great. <laughs> you know, I mean, that that's going to make the corners and safeties and everybody in the defensive backfield – look great all season long. At some point, probably, though, you're going to get tested by some really, really good wide receivers, and I think I don't think you're out of bounds to say, have we seen them get tested in that regard yet? Huh. Huh. Interesting. I'm with you. Then the third is just more of a, a, an in-general conversation, and I like this. Realtor Chris has officially named this segment Thursday Worries. Because, as we all know, it is no longer Thursday here on The Ref. Thanks to Teddy Lehman, it'll always be Thursday. So Thursday worries. They've been able to have – okay, I want to back up a little bit. Because I want to make sure I precursor this with all of my asterisks. All right, and all the things that I I feel to be true. I don't think the coaching staff would allow this to happen. This team is pretty focused. And I don't know if there has been a better guy that I've seen from afar that can put that chip on your shoulder even when things are going incredibly well and challenge you to be a better version of yourself than Brent Venables. Okay, those are all my precursors. Thursday worries. We've spent a whole offseason. And even the early parts of the season, people talking trash on this team. Right? I mean, Oklahoma's done. Oklahoma's buried. Uh, with Lincoln gone, they're just doomed from the Pat Forties to the Stuart Mandels to the Colin Cowards to the Joel Klatz. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? And now suddenly, through three games, People are saying nice things about you. Yes. I mean, I think I think you sent this to me last night, Josh. Colin Coward said Oklahoma's the second best team he's seen this year. Pretty high praise from a guy who doesn't really cover college football that well, but we'll take it. <laughs> right. From a guy that's dumped all over everything sooner. Right. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Stuart Mandel nerdingly issued his I was wrong. The oh, other he did? Day. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Did you not see that? No, I love when the dork speaks. Yeah. Polly, no offense, Stuart, I think you know. But And you got Joe Klatt 
building them up. You've got so with all of my precursor and going back to what the great Charles Woodson once said, don't be afraid to let them say nice things about you. Don't be afraid to have them talk good about you. Does it worry you a little bit that the narrative has started to turn based on their play and a, a generation that is eaten up with social media interaction and what people are saying about them on social media, is that a concern at all? We truly, you and I are kindred spirits. We are ah. like-minded individuals. I opened the podcast last night talking about this. Really? I, I did, yeah. We and did not plan this either. Short answer for me is, no, I'm not concerned about it. Longer answer is, I'm intrigued to see how it plays out this weekend versus Kansas State because I do think it's the largest question like, big picture for Oklahoma, I think it's the largest question for Oklahoma now going into this game. There's some similarities between Nebraska last week and Kansas State this week in terms of just bad losses that those two respectively had going into the games. Now, the the narrative, the storyline going in is totally different because th- there were still some people. I mean, we had multiple Folks, and I, I get it, it's big noon kick, and you're, you're trying to draw ratings and game day, whatever. But we had multiple national folks that thought, planked it, oh, you was going to lose the game to Nebraska. They, they thought that the environment was going to be too much for Oklahoma. Now Oklahoma goes out and buzzsaws the Huskers, and there was, there's nobody that thinks Oklahoma is going to get tested this week altogether all that difficultly by Kansas State. Okay, there's a lot of flowers out there for the Sooners. Man, this defense, it's totally different. Brent Vittables, his fingerprints are all over it. Mm-hmm. Jeff Levy, they are running at a, a frantic pace offensively, and they're very, very effective in doing it. Dylan Gabriel, been operating the offense incredibly, Preach. incredibly efficiently. So everything out there in the sports atmosphere is positive about Oklahoma. And while it's, I'm told, an Oklahoma team that is boxed in, it's walled off, they're not hearing the outside noise, show me that this week versus Kansas State that you can handle all of the flowers being heaped your way because it's the first time really this season that we've seen Oklahoma in that position. It wasn't the case going into Nebraska last week, and it wasn't the case out of either of the first two games. I just, like I said with all the precursors, I think the the coaching and, dare I even use the term, the culture and the demand for accountability, I think it, I think it's it's really high on this team, and it's really cool to see. But now that narrative starting to shift a little bit. Teddy has always said something pretty, pretty telling. Yeah, I listen to Ted a lot, guys. You should too. He's smart, and I know he's. He's back today. But he talked about, and I don't remember which game it was before, and throughout the whole season the staff is telling him just it's not good enough, it's terrible, it's you got to do this better. And then all of a sudden they're watching like ESPN the night before a game and getting ready and they they hear the coach say, man, we're really, this is a really good team, they're, they're, they're fighting really hard. It's like, wait, what? And so suddenly, mentally, it's like, all right. And maybe maybe it had a minor effect on them. Don't know. So you're suddenly – it's not the coaches, right? I I think Brent Venables has been pretty consistent in his message, but I just find it fascinating, fascinating, Josh Helmer, to see how this team is going to handle 
what it means to have people say good things about you. Can you go bury Kansas State? And we could probably do this uh, little song and dance every week. And at some point, Oklahoma, it just simply, by the nature of it, is going to have a couple of bad bounce uh, turnovers, right? Uh, how right. it's going to hit a football and pop it loose. And how are you going to handle that adversity? You're not going to play your best. Maybe it happens, you know, next week at TCU. Road games kind of tend to, to lend themselves to that. I don't know. You hope it doesn't happen at the Cotton Bowl, but maybe it happens versus Texas. Can you overcome that? Again, we could do this every single week. Is Oklahoma going to just absolutely blast these teams and lay waste to their opponents? We kind of, you know, I we kind of saw Oklahoma do this to start a season back with Jalen Hurts, where it felt a little different. The approach that they had, the focus, just the way they went about things, and then the the you know close to that season wasn't necessarily that way. And obviously, we know what happened uh, in the Peach Bowl versus LSU, sure. total mismatch, but. It does feel like the start of this season for Oklahoma coming off the Nebraska game, the way they're going about their business plank, we haven't really seen it since, again, that 2019 start to the season with Jalen Hurts from an Oklahoma team. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. All right, uh, well, we've we've missed the airport. Thursday scaries. Well done, Realtor Chris. 405-651-3439. I love it. When we come back. We'll take a timeout. Well, when we come back, we'll take a timeout. That's pretty much what it's going to be. But when we come back, <laughs> there's a couple of big stories we haven't hit on yet. I've got Chris Kleiman audio to share next right here on The Ref. What time? Uh, wait, are you off tonight or do you have a game tonight, Josh? I am off tonight, but I am doing softball this afternoon. Norman at Moore at 2.30. For, so, for those of you... Norman and more parents that obviously guess what you got to work you got to work today I, I get that no big right. deal flip us on krefsports.tv we'll have the uh, broadcast softball broadcast for you this afternoon huh cannot wait cannot wait all right um we usually at the bottom of the hour try to get through the best of the air comfort solutions text line I'm a little bit behind so um let a lot of a lot of alternate uniform talk, like for instance the nine one eight. Alabama has the most boring helmets in unis. Nick Saban and those bag drops are the reason for those titles. Personally, personally, I'm a fan of the alternate red pants, white stripes look. I'm with you on that. Uh, Dodger Blaine doesn't like the white helmets. Huh. The only alt and then there's this. The only alternate we need is a white helmet for road games. Hashtag Stormtrooper. But yeah, here, here we go. Um, from Pottstown, Pennsylvania, sooner. Who cares what the fans think? If the team gets pumped up for the alternate uniforms, that's all that matters, bro. This was always one of the great fights. And, uh, here, and then there's this. Here, here's one more on the opposite side of this. Alternative uniforms are a distraction. In case you haven't noticed yet, Venables hates distractions. I think Venables likes In distractions mind, that uh, attract talented players to Norman, Oklahoma. In my mind, this is where my warped world of thinking comes from. A distraction is only a distraction if you allow it to be, right? If you allow yourself to get caught up in a uniform, 
And on game day, you're thinking more about how good you look than where you need to be fitting on a on a run play. Then I just I don't think college football is going to be your thing, and I don't think that's the case. But I hear what you're saying. I understand what you're getting at. We used to have some of the best knockdown drag out fights early in the alternate uniform craze, right? Because Oregon was the first one to do it. And then everyone kind of jumped on board, and then it became a, well, the kids should want to play for the university and and the pride in the program and not who has fancy uniforms or a waterfall in their locker room, right? Things of that nature. These kids are always the same. They don't care about the interlocking OU anymore. (laughs) But it's, it's interesting to me how divisive this truly is. Right, it it really it, it really becomes a good and and in the end we're all rooting for the team. I mean, I have yet I have yet to go to a game where somebody sits down in their seats and someone's wearing the an alternate uniform and it's I'm out. See you guys next week. We ain't wearing this crap. I'm not gonna watch this. I mean, it's just we love football. So it's always funny to me how angry or over the top excited that alternate uniforms make people always always cool to see uh for the 405 how much does OU need to win by against Kansas State this is from John for us to not be concerned going forward I'd say 21 points but should we not just be happy with the win so I've got a theory on this too I was thinking about this last night because I was looking at Kansas State I think coming away with a win makes you feel good, right? But it's also how. Like if we if Kansas State is just balling and and Adrian Martinez is eluding an incredible rush, fitting balls in tight windows, and Malik Knowles is making plays, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge regardless, but it's gonna be a little bit more challenging. I don't I don't think you have to win by a certain number to relieve any concern or stress going forward. I think people are going to well, look at the Thursday scaries, right? I mean, the Thursday uh, concerns, whichever we're going to name them. I just, we're going to have things we're going to be worried. We're going to be worried about people saying nice things about this team going forward. But I don't think I'd put a number. I think it's just how they play, Josh, right? If, if they play well and they win by a touchdown, all right. I understand we're in a gambling society and good teams win and great teams cover, but guess who the spread doesn't matter to? Anyone in that locker room? I would assume, though, a two-score win would make people feel good. Kansas State was a popular pick to win this conference from a lot of people, right? With Colin Klein running the offense. Now, you know, we're three games into the season, and it's, well, how many points do we have to beat them by to be happy? It's Kansas State, man. I just want to beat them. Am I in the wrong? No, uh, I don't think so. I mean, obviously the style in which Oklahoma wins will go a long way in determining that. It's just you know, going to be, I think, difficult for a lot of people to separate the stink from last week for Kansas State to whatever happens between Oklahoma and Kansas State this week. Right. You know, if, if, uh, if Oklahoma struggles offensively a little bit in this game but uh, wins a tight defensive affair, I think – 
honestly, that's going to be easier to stomach than if this thing turns into a little bit of a shootout. Because guess what? Oklahoma's been good defensively, and Kansas State's been bad offensively. So the manner in which this game unfolds will go a long way in determining whether or not it's kind of deemed a nice performance, good win, all of that, right? I mean, any win's a good win, right. but if all of a sudden Kansas State is gashing OU you know, Oklahoma's defense, then that's going to leave a bad taste in people's mouth because yeah. Kansas State's been a bad offense. Agreed. Agreed, right. Um, but, yeah, I, lo- I love those kind of conversations because, you know, it's fun to have them on a Thursday or Thursday or a Friday, but in the Friday. end, it, all right, what's our reaction going to be on Monday? <laughs> How are we going to feel about this on Monday? All right, quick break. Joey Helmer is coming up right after the top of the hour. We also have our top five stories of the day. On a busy Thursday, live from Cavens Construction, CavensConstruction.com, 405-573-3048. It is The Plank Show. I don't know if we have time to play this Chris Kleiman cut. It's about two minutes. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Chris Kleiman was asked what Tulane did well against them. The biggest thing they did um, physically is they tackled really well. Um, Deuce didn't have those breakaway runs that, that we had uh, – uh, been accustomed to part of that is really good tackling and part of that is us not sustaining blocks um, and then we had some guys open and we just didn't see them you know we, we've got to go through our progressions um, a little bit more um, and be patient with our progressions because some guys came open late a couple times guys came open late and there was somebody in our face and other times guys came open late and we maybe just didn't see them and we've got to uh, um probably be less conservative and be more aggressive um and uh that's something we got to keep pushing for and then of course the conversation inevitably pushes to adrian martinez and him pushing the ball down the field and if those opportunities are there and i should approach it careful at this point. yeah I, I would say without question fits and and uh uh ck and i had a long meeting and, and visit with uh, adrian about it and he would agree that um, he's got to cut it loose and rip it. And uh, um, if a mistake's made, a mistake's made. But uh, be aggressive in, 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 uh, in what you see and what you believe. And uh, uh, we've seen that in, uh, in fall camp. And now we've just got to see it uh, on a Saturday. They want Adrian Martinez to be more aggressive. Will it work? We'll ask Joey Helmer next.